Hello there and welcome to episode number 196 of Turkey Book Talk. Thank you for listening. I'm William Armstrong here in Istanbul. Remember to follow along on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. In this episode, we speak to G. Demi or Jihan Demirel. He is an award-winning photographer whose work focuses almost entirely on Istanbul. But his Istanbul is not the Istanbul that you might find in a Lonely Planet guide or splashed on a TV tourism advert. His photos are much less flattering, set in an eerie 21st century urban dystopia, often weirdly depopulated. Most of them have a distinct aesthetic signature, overexposed, overbright, with blowout pastel colours creating an unsettling, dreamlike or nightmare-like effect. And they're often darkly amusing, focusing on ironic, sometimes spooky contrasts. As you'll hear in the interview, Jihan has a conflicted relationship with Istanbul. You could call it a love-hate relationship, but it's really mostly the latter. A series of his photos taken between 2016 and 2022 under the name Signs That Everything Is Going Wrong was recently included in a collective exhibition of photography at Pera Museum called Istanbul's Today. And the aesthetic that I just described is showcased quite well in his new photo book called Shehri Fikri or Notions of a City, which is part of the publisher Onagure's ongoing Tefrika Istanbul photo book project. But before we get started, let me appeal once again. This podcast does take a lot of time and effort to prepare, edit and piece together. And I do need listener support, your support to be able to keep doing it. Since we launched this podcast back in 2015, we've published almost 200 episodes, giving a platform to researchers and authors of books related to Turkish history, politics, society, literature and the arts. It's incredibly rewarding to put the podcast together and publish an episode every couple of weeks, and I sincerely hope it remains useful for everyone who listens. Turkey Book Talk is completely independent, with no institutional links, no sponsorships. It depends 100% on the goodwill of listeners. So if you are in a position where you can support, please consider doing so via Patreon. Consider becoming a Turkey Book Talk member. Joining as a Turkey Book Talk member isn't just a nice philanthropic thing to do, it also gets you some pretty good extras. Those extras include a terrific discount of 35% off the price of all books published in IB Taurus and Bloomsbury's excellent Turkey and Ottoman history series. Hundreds of Turkey and Ottoman history titles published by IB Taurus Bloomsbury are available to Turkey Book Talk members at a 35% discount. As a member, you get a special code to use at the online checkout and you can use it to purchase physical books, pre-orders or e-books. Turkey Book Talk members also receive a PDF transcript of every interview via email as soon as the episode is published. You also get PDF transcripts of the entire archive of Turkey Book Talk interviews when you sign up, including many extras that have not previously been published on the podcast. Members also receive an archive of 231 book reviews written by myself, ranging from Turkish and international fiction and poetry to history, politics and journalism related to the Middle East and Europe. And finally, in addition to all that, I send links to a couple of articles related to the subject of the episode in the email that I send out to members upon publication, which is ideal if you want to delve a bit deeper. 
To become a member, just go to Turkey Book Talk's Patreon page and pledge $3, €3 or £2.50 per episode. If you're feeling particularly generous and want to pledge more, then of course you'll be more than welcome. But so long as you pledge $3, €3 or £2.50 or above per episode, membership is entirely at your own discretion. It's inflation proof and there are no prior commitments or strings attached. You'll be free to sign off whenever you want. Now on to our conversation with G Demi. I started by asking him to briefly outline his creative journey. Where did he grow up and what was his professional background before he got more deeply into photography? Well, I grew up in Istanbul. I am 36 years old and I spent all of my life in Istanbul for the most part. I studied Italian literature at university in Istanbul University. And then I moved on to working as a copywriter and later a creative director at advertising agencies. I kind of started photography as after Gezi Park protests. I get a ca- camera two years later the, after the protest when I was 28, I think. Yeah, that's how I started photography because... I got interested in photojournalism because when the protests first started, there were no cameras around. And I kind of started documenting with my mobile phone. That's how it started. So you got started quite late, actually, then, if you're 28, when you really began to take it seriously. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. And now you're working as a full-time Yeah, I'm a full-time photographer now. I quit uh, advertising some years ago because it's not exactly the greatest job to work in because you do a lot of overtime and the pay is just not worth it. So I quit. I told my family that I was quitting. And yeah, that's how it happened. And I'm now working as a full-time photographer. I shoot for magazines, newspapers. I also sell prints and that sort of thing. And obviously part of that process is this latest book, uh, Shehri Fikri. It really captures some of the major themes of of your work up to now, really. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of them, as it struck me as I was looking through it, is that there's not a single person or human being in any of these photos is completely empty of human presence. There's these sort of depopulated, quiet landscapes. And that's obviously particularly striking because we all know what it's like in Istanbul. There's people everywhere. You really can't escape people. So it must have been quite difficult to uh, capture a frame in Istanbul that doesn't have a human being in it. I presume that was deliberate on your part to completely avoid people. What was the thinking Mm -hmm. behind, behind that as a theme in this particular book? Well, uh, my main inspiration was Georges Perec, a French author. He wrote a novel, La Disparition, I think. I don't know. I butchered the pronunciation probably. It's, it means a void. In that novel, he omits the letter E completely. And when we look at his work, we should know that he's a Holocaust orphan. So it's often interpreted as he wanted to take something from the language. That's how people think why he did it. So I wanted to take something from the city because it basically ruined my 20s. So I removed people, no Photoshop, of course. There were no people in those scenes. And I also removed animals and any sign of languages. And the image that opens the book has that impact specifically because it's this shot basically taken from a hill 
somewhere high above Istanbul. And it mm-hmm. shows this urban sprawl that will be very familiar to people here. It's unbroken really by any greenery. It's just a wall of concrete stretching in all directions. And uh, mm-hmm. there's a funny caption that I saw you added to that on uh, Instagram saying uh, it's even worse from a distance, <laughs> which <laughs> kind of captures the mood, I think. Yeah, it's it was taken in, let me remember, Idos Mountain, close to Sabia Gökçen Airport. And it's apparently the highest point of Istanbul. And yeah, I went up there and I took that picture. So yeah, it is true though. It is even worse from a distance when you look at it. I wanted a scene of Istanbul from a distance. That was the idea. And I wanted to capture as much of it as possible. So that was my first idea. So yeah, I went up there. That photo almost stands out actually because it's uh it's one of these wide angle shots and really a lot of your work focuses on minute corners incongruous spaces in the urban landscape back streets small kind of forgotten pretty scraggy corners here and there and that is a recurring theme actually though that the nature almost incongruously emerging amid the urban sprawl a tree randomly poking out somewhere How does nature fit into the equation in Istanbul and in your work? I will say the absence of nature is one of the main themes, actually. I mean, you get um, some signs of it. You see some signs of it, but it's not there. And the city itself, I think, is an ecological disaster zone. So, yeah. And you put it very nicely, I think. I agree with your observations. That's what I'm after mostly. Now, one of the signatures of your work in this book and elsewhere is this kind of gauzy, highly washed out effect that mm-hmm. the photos have. They've got this overexposed and overbright sheen to them, really. And the colors are pastel, but they're also weirdly vivid. It's a strange effect. And taken together, it almost creates a surreal, otherworldly atmosphere, almost a dreamlike effect. Could you just talk about the inspiration behind that aesthetic? Where does it come from? My colors come from Italian giallos. Giallo means yellow in Italian, and they call horror films of uh, 70s giallos, gialli. My colors come from those films, but when I went onto the computer and tried to imitate that look, I ended up with something else. And... It's kind of become my look in time. And yeah, the contrast is very low, but I also exaggerate the colors. So yeah, it became my my approach to colors. And that hazy overexposure, it almost creates this effect subconsciously even of thinking of air pollution. Has that occurred to you before <laughs> as well? You know, And is that, if so, is that a deliberate effect on your part? Um, I think I'm after a surreal feeling and that haziness, no, it's not intentional, but it gives the entire frame a peculiar or eerie atmosphere. At least that's that's what I hope to convey. Yeah. And as you say there, it, it, this overexposure creates this really weird, almost paradoxical contrast as well with the unvarnished 
quite ugly reality that you're you're showing so there's this hazy sheen but the actual material of the photos themselves the stuff that you're shooting these are not photos for like a tourist book or a tour guide they're not really very flattering of istanbul there's a lot of rubbish and stains everywhere and puddles obviously that was a conscious decision on your part could you just talk about uh, why you focus on those aspects of istanbul in particular well when you go out in istanbul what do you see when you go out and walk around that's what you see very often i don't go out of my way to see those things i think but maybe on the other hand i'm attracted to those things because the city is not very tidy when you think about it it's all over the place and when i go out to photograph things those things pop out to me at least and another characteristic of the photos is that they're not just unvarnished they don't just show this pretty unflattering image but as you suggested before they're also quite unsettling and the word that i've seen used to describe them is even spooky and that is i think a, a key adjective for some of these pictures because they have this unsettling disorienting spooky feel to them and you've described istanbul as a a sinister surface area and you say taking photos of it is like quote photographing an invisible monster so could you just dig into that aspect of the work the kind of spooky atmosphere that you're trying to evoke in a lot of these photos and how you do that being inspired from horror films the aesthetic i think that's the main that's the meat of my narrative i think and yes i very much think that istanbul is kind of cursed because in the past you know they collected all the street dogs and put them on an island and they ate each other and there was a lot of suffering and there are a lot of things about istanbul that makes it a sinister cursed place i think that's that's the feeling it gives to me and gezi park protests is one of them i think because a lot of people were hopeful to to be able to live peacefully in this city and that was the main idea behind those protests i think they just wanted to be left alone and live like normal human beings but that was denied and the pressure and the oppression kind of came up to the surface at that point we we, we all kind of realized that it was here to stay so istanbul became even a worse place to live i think and despite this kind of dark undertone many of the photos are darkly funny which is quite an achievement actually when you consider the fact that there's no people in them mm-hmm. and the way that you achieve that humor is often by incongruous ju- juxtapositions so for example there's one photo that shows this old ottoman fountain i think that's what it is but it's really just the top of it that we can see just the top of it remaining because the rest of it has just been swallowed up by this ever rising concrete pavement and that's obviously when people will have seen that kind of thing all over the place in istanbul there's another photo showing this kind of sprawling industrial metal work surface type thing and left on top of it is a single empty jar of iran or milk so how do you incorporate humor into your photos and how important is humor to your work despite the fact that you obviously have this dark undercurrent to a lot of the work 
That's that's a fantastic question because I approach everything with humor, everything in my personal life too. And yes, humor is there because that's how I deal with the city. And coming across those scenes, I photograph them because they are at first funny, but when you look at them more, they get political, they get eerie, and yeah, that's the kind of main themes I want to convey. Humor, as I mentioned, is a, a tool to deal with the general misery in living in Istanbul. And framing those moments, I would say, is a part of horror. Humor is a part of horror. And the photos were all, all of your photos are taken during the daytime as well. I don't think I've ever seen one of your photos taken at night. Why is that? Have you never been tempted to take photos at night? And will you ever take photos at night, do you think? When I was a photojournalist, I obviously took a lot of photos during the night time. But in my personal work, I wanted to focus on the daytime because I find the nighttime a bit dramatic. Finding uh, spooky things in the daytime is harder. So I think I am after those moments. That's why. And I like the daytime because it doesn't require a complicated equipment. And technically, it's easier to photograph. So I can kind of zone out and just press the button and move on. And what about your creative process? I mean, you talk about equipment there. What camera do you use? Is it a film or digital that you generally work with? And has that changed over time? I always shot with point and shoot cameras because I want to be kind of a tourist in my own city. So I, I want people to not take me seriously when I take photos because Istanbul is not exactly the most photography-friendly city. And people always ask me why, why or what I'm taking pictures of, even though I try to, you know, be subtle about it. And yeah, I always shot with digital point and shoots. I've never shot film in my entire life. And recently, I actually even dropped my point and shoot and I bought myself a new mobile phone. That's what I'm shooting with. And are you ever planning to move beyond photographing Istanbul, casting further afield? Or do you think your work will always be based, at least primarily, in Istanbul? I am currently shooting a series about Wellington, New Zealand. So this is my first foray into into discovering another city through photography. I wonder what it will be like because I am discovering it. But Istanbul is my job, my passion, my everything really. Even though it may sound like I don't like it, I adore it. I want it to be a better place because I was born there, I grew up there and it's everything I know really. And I don't think I will I will move on to something else. Photography is where I have found peace. And your work is often displayed, exhibited 
in Istanbul most recently at uh, a collective exhibition at um, Pera Museum. As part of that, the section within that, a lot of the photos within this latest book, uh, I recognise from there. For listeners who are based in Istanbul, are there any exhibitions coming up of your work? Any plans to show in public in the coming months? Um, I think I don't know many details about it, but there will be an exhibition with I'm working with a gallery, not my gallery currently, but I'm working with them and they are uh, curating an exhibition. But I don't know many details, but hopefully there will be more. That was G. Demi. Many thanks to him for joining for episode number 196. If you want to pick up a copy of his photo book, Shehri Fikri, Notions of a City, you can find it in a few locations here in Istanbul. One in particular is Frankenstein Bookshop on Luleji Hendek Jadesi down in Topane, close to where I live actually. Or you can order it via links on his website, gdemi.art. He's also created a Spotify playlist to accompany the book, capturing some of the surreal, horror-flavoured vibe of the photos. I've added a link to that over at the website, turkeybooktalk.com. I've also added a link to his Instagram account there, which, of course, I do recommend following. Please remember, we do need your support to keep Turkey Book Talk going. You can give that support by joining as a Turkey Book Talk member on Patreon. Membership gets you a 35% discount on all Turkey Ottoman history books published by IB Taurus and Bloomsbury, transcripts of every interview, transcripts of the entire archive of interviews, access to an archive of over 200 book reviews written by me, and links via email to articles and other content related to the subject of each episode. For all that, just go to Turkey Book Talk's Patreon account and pledge $3, €3 or £2.50 per episode. Do also rate the podcast or write a positive review wherever you listen. Follow via our website, turkeybooktalk.com, our Twitter, Facebook or Instagram accounts, or indeed all of them. Recommend Turkey Book Talk to a friend or a foe. And I always enjoy hearing from listeners, so do send any feedback or abuse to williamjohnarmstrong at gmail.com. And finally, let me once again remind you to check out a friend of Turkey Book Talk, the excellent Turkey Recap. Turkey Recap is a weekly email newsletter that brings together all major developments in Turkey over the past seven days, links to interesting articles and some excellent puns. They've got a Slack channel for signed up members who want more and they also publish high quality original on the ground reporting. Just go to turkeyrecap.com and follow the links there to subscribe. But until our next episode of Turkey Book Talk in a couple of weeks, thank you very much for listening. Thank you.